Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Sam. Oh, hey, Sam. Oh, we miss Lacey. I almost was going to say Lacey just to see if I could trick anybody. I'm like, she sounds different today. <laughs> Sir, bring her back. Bring her back. <laughs> no, Lacey will be back. We have Sam, who we love here today. Hey guys. Hey. How, how y'all doing? Who named Travis Kelsey in the chat? That's Sam. Sam. <laughs> it's Travis. me, bitch. Mel, what position <laughs> does he play? Um, reverse cowboy. Jesus Ooh. Christ. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> no more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Happy football season, everyone. <laughs> Uh, We've been doing a few different formats here at WCA for the past few weeks, but in lieu of that, we have missed quite a few new releases, so today, the four of us are going to sit back, have some cocoa, or LaCroix, whatever's in your hand, and we're just going to chat some movies. How's that sound? I love that. Some good old times. Before we get going, our dear Lacey can't be here, so I actually have, in separate tabs, I have all of her letterbox reviews from the movies we're going to discuss today so her opinion can still be heard so preemptively editing Rashawn, you want to play the letterbox jingle just so we have it out of the way (laughs) (laughs) so you don't have to play it like a dozen times but this is a new segment i love movies letterbox break i love watching them and i love making them Letterbox break. We have quite a few movies that we want to get through. Movies that came out pre and post strike, and movies that we might have missed. At the beginning of the year, we did do a a movie auction where we all bid for some of the big releases this summer. So those are definitely some that we're going to be talking about. But since we have such a big list, I have a little uh, format to get us through them briskly, but also give us space to talk about them yeah yep yeah so i'm gonna throw out some titles every time i throw out a movie title to start things off every co-host give me a thumbs up a thumbs down or a let me explain and then we'll (laughs) and then we'll jump into some discussion on each movie we won't hold you all too long but we'll hold you pretty well yeah nice first up one of the big phenomenons of all of 2023, but definitely summer of 2023, was that of the Barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. So let's split it. I think on the auction, Mel has Barbie. I have sure Oppenheimer. Do. Bananas. How I... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forget. Did you want Barbenheimer, Josh? I wanted Oppenheimer! <laughs> <laughs> so gut check, let's split it. The first part of that uh, mush name is Barbie. 
Two plastic thumbs up. Big, big <laughs> thumbs up. Um, yeah, thumbs up. I'm a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, big thumbs up. It's the biggest movie of the year. We got a big five star from Lacey, so that's a thumbs up. Did she yeah. say anything? Uh, Billie Eilish's song had her sad girl crying for days. <laughs> Fully agree. Fully agree. And then the other half of the squish name was Oppenheimer. Thumbs down. Whoa! <laughs> Ooh, damn. Oh. I'm going to let me explain. What? Stop the timer. <laughs> I'm a thumbs up. Mel? I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to say thumbs up. I was that was a let me explain if I'm that definitely was. I know it's a let the me hesitation explain. was it's palpable. It's a let me explain. Yeah. Okay, we'll do the two opposing sides. Let's get thumbs up first. What What's your thoughts? It's maybe Nolan's best for me, at least. I need to see it a couple more times. Couple? Uh, oh my god! You have a week. Who has I the time? Know. Me. Oh, you should see it like <laughs> like a, little, a mini series. No. Get back to us. No. So you can do other do things that. in the day. <laughs> I might do that. It's not that long. It's only three hours. Mm. There have mm. been at least a dozen three-hour movies released before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my love for Nolan is well-documented, so that's nothing new. I think it's some of his better dialogue. I won't say his best, but it's some of his better dialogue. I think it's <laughs> his best leading performance he's gotten. I think Killian is unbelievable in it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm 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 I can't even for I thought we were just going to do this like Barbie and just blow right past it because people are going to be thumbs up. So wow. I'm like at a loss for words right now. I literally every point that you raised, I could not disagree with you more. Oh, love it. Talk about That's it. That's why we bring Damn. Sam on the podcast. <laughs> Mainly, I, I don't know. I just to me, this doesn't even feel like a Christopher Nolan movie, which might be a reason why people enjoy it. He's branching out. And I don't think that's a bad thing per se, but what made me the most upset about this movie is I felt like we were being promised this giant spectacle of a movie. And oh, what you're we one got of those? was a two and a half hour long courtroom drama, which is fine, but the marketing and the advertising for it was so backward. That's not Nolan's fault. It is Nolan's fault. You don't think he was involved in marketing this movie? Also, how did you get that? The marketing is just Oppenheimer talking. No, and like the countdown. No, no it was it was no. giving like this is going to be a big movie, lots of effects, lots of spectacle. You don't even hear the bomb explode. Yeah, I yeah. was. Yes, you do. No, it is quiet. They cut it's all the noise quiet, out, and then it explodes. No, you see it explode, and then the the sound comes back. You, you, if I you hear the wave. <laughs> That's sorry, but sorry, Sam, but that is one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, and I get that it's not what the I do agree that the trailers, whether that's Nolan's fault or not, the trailers did promise a different movie than what we watched. Right. I think it is the most Nolan movie, and I'm and I mean that for better and for worse. My favorite, like I've said, is Dunkirk, and I think it had some of the best attributes of that movie. And then people talk, and I'm not as interested. The thing is, people talk about 
you can't criticize a movie for being long. Like that's not a fair criticism. And I agree, but I also feel like if a movie makes <laughs> if a movie makes you feel its length, then that is a, a constructive criticism. And mm, I do yes. think some of Oppenheimer makes you feel its length. Yeah, it does. <laughs> not not its girth though. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, what's your problem with it aside from the length? I okay. In in the same way that you you didn't think we were gonna really talk about it. I also felt the same way, but for different reasons because I have I've had time to sit with it, and I came out of the movie being like, okay, but I know exactly at the one hour and forty five minute mark, I, this movie was great, and then there was a there was a whole rest of the movie to be had, and I was like, two for the price of one, bitch. Time's You're up. Welcome. Like you, he had me in the first half chief. Like I was legit on the edge of my seat. I never dozed off. Even leading up to the bomb, I agree with Sam. Like it was, we were waiting for like this huge spectacle and then it was like quiet. And I still somehow really liked that. But I feel like once it got to just Iron Man in the courthouse, I was done. Like I was just like, I can't. I love a courtroom drama. Also, anymore. the bomb wasn't very loud for Oppenheimer. So why would it be loud in the movie? Yeah, well, I, I, that's why I'm like, I didn't mind it. Bomb, but (laughs) the movie is a first-person perspective. It wasn't loud for him, so why would it be loud in the movie? (laughs) Because that's what we were waiting for. Okay, who's we? (laughs) Who is we? Everybody in the audience. Not me. (laughs) Wait, hold on. You said you disagreed. Did you think Murphy was good? I think he was fine, but I don't think the way he was written was anything spectacular. He did the best with what he was given. I don't think the script in this movie was very good. I will say, whoever is playing Albert Einstein, I would like to reiterate, wow. (laughs) Unreal. Like, that's fucking Al. Jack Quaid playing the bongos? (laughs) Loved it. Can we all agree? (laughs) I don't even, you could have told me he did anything. I don't remember. I don't. He had like two lines. Yeah, but he played the bongos for real. He was playing the bongos. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, the, the upside of this movie is Robert Downey Jr. I actually think he stole the movie from Killian Murphy. He needs to give it back. And he needs to give it back. <laughs> you know who stole the movie for me is... Um, Alden Aaron, right? No. I thought he was good. For me, Not, it was ordinary. I think I think he got a little overhyped. Uh, what's his name? Hold on, Josh Hartnett. Ooh, also very good. He was good. He looks good. He looked great, but also random. Had no idea he was in it when he popped on the screen. I went, "What?" Yeah, I mean, we a, ha- I had like ten yeah. of those. A who's uh, who of Hollywood whites, if you will. <laughs> yes, it was that. While you look for that, Emily Blunt, anyone? That's no. Lace, that was Lacey's favorite. Yeah. No. no thank okay. you. Yeah, she didn't do it for me. Is it the writing? Is it her acting? I mean, I think so. I just don't it's think they gave nev- her enough. It's she never has... Emily Blunt's acting. No, 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 it's definitely not. It's she was given like one scene to like kind of, I guess, show Get off a little bit. Uh-huh. Other than that, she's just a very stereotypical, like supportive girlfriend, um, woman in his life, what have you. Yeah. I would want to see a Christopher Nolan film that is like a really big lead with maybe five lines of dialogue. Dunkirk. Dunkirk is a good example. Okay. I haven't seen it, so. David Krumholtz stole the movie from me. I thought he was the best in the whole movie. Who's that? Who is he in it? 
Um, he was the uh, he played uh, Isaac Robbie. He was mm. bigger. Dude I know with what you're glasses. talking about. Yes, is yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like better great. than RDJ, better than Murphy. It, to me, David Crumbles was the best performance in that film. He's good. I don't know. For me, I just I appreciate Christopher Nolan when he is able to marriage the special effects and uh, an out of this world story. So, I think he is a yeah. genius at bringing those two together, and this movie had neither of those. <laughs> so I'm like, leave You're it. I don't want insane it. <laughs> if you don't think this is a good story. I'll give you the special effects because it was more courtroom drama than promise, but the story is... Boring. <laughs> it's about the most influential man of the 21st century. 20th oh. century, excuse me. That doesn't mean that the movie Correct. told a great... Just because the moment in history is influential doesn't mean the movie told it well. Kick rocks both of you. <laughs> Whatever. Give it back. Well, Give I... it back. Give me back in the auction. Then give it back. Oh no, I'll hold on to it. You don't like it. Give it back. That two bills looking real nice. I'll hold on to it. <laughs> so those are two movies that I'm sure we will be talking about towards the end of the year as we get into award season. I'll trade you sixty five for it. No, you won't. <laughs> Keep that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially people who listen to the show, but mostly everyone in the cinema know-how has seen those two movies. So going forward, as we talk about more movies, I'm just going to throw a spoiler bumper right here. Because we might be talking about some things that people have not seen, that haven't been released outside of larger markets. So I'll drop it right here. Before this tale of bloody revenge reaches its climax... I have a few unanswered questions. It's our little secret. My girlfriend already seen the movie. She said they only play together in the end. Okay, first up is one that Josh sent me in all caps. So I will <laughs> get out the way. Yeah, get this out the way. <laughs> Throwing a fourth choice in going forward. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let me explain. Have not seen yet going to be a mishmash of the four of us there's some things that two of us all of us none of us have seen so we'll just have that option teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem thumbs as far up my shell as they can go dude oh my god i have not seen i have not seen either but it looks great it's not it's it's completely my fault why i haven't seen it i just didn't get to the theater when it was in theaters i am a thumbs up perfect why do I call some people friends when they don't do things that friends would do? <laughs> I don't know. Really just something to mull over. Wanted to get pizza and I tried to talk him out of it. Leo! You ratted us out. Hey, don't use that word that way. I mean, it's 2023. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> hey, guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, what would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Can you imagine that? Not likely. This is insane. Turtles, mutant, karate teens. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. Dude, that makes me feel this like movie is front runner for best of the year for me. I love this movie. Admittedly, I have, I mean, I've mentioned this before. I have a very large attachment to the turtles. It's the first thing I've ever been a fan of, like even before Marvel. And I think this is, to me, this is now this sort of, even more so than the 90s cartoon, these are like the de facto interpretations of the Turtles. One of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. 
whether or not it becomes my favorite movie of the year, I think pretty pretty locked down because I just rewatched it. My favorite scene of the year, the no diggity scene. For those of you that have seen it, where is it streaming somewhere? You said you just watched Par- it again. Uh, it's streaming on Paramount now. Oh. oh. I kind of want to watch it with my nephew, but something tells me he's already seen it. He'd watch it again. He's got a good he taste. He would. Yeah, he does. I haven't seen it, but I've literally only heard good things. And I've talked to a few people that don't have that relation to the turtles that you do, but they're like, I feel like this movie is for everyone, whether you have that love from the past or you're just kind of like new to it and just want to watch a good movie. It kind of reinvents them in a way that i don't know maybe the live action didn't do so well but i've only had good things the chemistry between the four voice actors is palpable it came out that seth rogan just let them riff with each other Mm. mics on and it comes across so beautifully and you can tell that these four were straight up hanging out in the booth dude (laughs) it's really it's really sweet i like uh got a Got a five stars and a quote, Kawa frickin' bunga, my dudes, from Lacey. So. Next up, this is a request from one of our awesome listeners from Down Under. Ryan Barry wants us to talk about uh, Talk To Me. Mm. This was A24's horror movie that came out this past summer. Yeah, big thumbs up. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> Don't want to stay. Light the candle to open the door. Blow it out to close it. Put your hand on it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. I liked it. I did like it. I think it's an insanely, insanely good premise and concept. I just don't know if it held me. I can agree. The marketing for this was like really great. I was super excited about it. I loved the fact that this hand thing, scary Part of it was not explained. I love that. We don't need to take the time to explain that. We're just here to get scared. But the ending was a little MTV made movie for me. And maybe I'll change my mind when I see it again. Right now, I'm I'm in the middle. I have only seen it once as well. It's a like, not love. I'm, I'm a little bit of a mix of both of your reviews. I love the concept. I love that these are two up and coming filmmakers who did it their own way with their own cast and and stuck to their artistic vision. Mm-hmm. I was with the movie for like the first like 30 miles of the trip. Yeah. Like I loved the beginning and up until the hand. And then they went left when I wanted them to go right. Like I actually would have loved a little more delving into the hand. I don't need like a, this is the, how the hand works. Mm-hmm. I was so interested in that. And it was so cool that I wanted, I wanted a little more from it about it surrounding it. I don't know, featuring it. But, yeah, I like not love, you know? So, mm-hmm. almost thumbs up. I, I'd watch it again to get another opinion on it. Yep. I actually agree with everything you guys are saying. I 
Josh, I agree that I kind of wanted more of the lore of the hand as well, but I left feeling a different way where I was, I felt like it was a good left me wanting more because I could see this movie spinning off into sequel after sequel after sequel. And I think I would watch all of them. This was, I think, the scariest movie I saw this year. So I'm here for any other iteration of this that they do. And I think they could give us more of the history of the hand and other people's relationships with it in sequels. And I, I would love that. We will see next, next year, I believe. I think it's a prequel, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Is this the first A24 sequel? Might be. I don't know. I would say scariest, one of the scariest movies I've seen this year, I won't dwell on it, is uh, When Evil Lurks. Mm. If you have Shudder, I'll just say it's about a fast spreading possession. And that's really all I'll, I'll divulge. It's an Argentinian horror movie. And it, uh, there's some stuff in that movie that I will be thinking about for a very, very long time. <laughs> okay. And the poster doesn't even scratch the surface on those images. <laughs> so, but uh, it's crazy. We'll keep going with the horror. Uh, the Exorcist colon Believer. I didn't see it, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> the same. Ditto. <laughs> uh, um, two big didn't sees from the vetters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am a... Let me explain. We've met before. (laughs) Are you looking for Regan? Are you looking for Regan? She runs in hell! Regan's strong! enjoyed parts of it i didn't understand other parts of it and i'll be seeing the other two parts if the sequels if the trilogy holds through so do you think they're gonna keep making these movies i yeah i think they have to that was part of the acquisition yes but contracts can change (laughs) they can they can they can i think they should keep making them I, i i don't know i think i've seen way worse i'll say that and I think there are some ideas in the movie that are really interesting. Just like I, I said this in my letterbox, not everything needs to be legacy tied to the OG. Agreed. And there's beautiful work that Ellen Burstyn does in the original Exorcist that we can just let remain. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Next up, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm a thumbs up. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Also, two haven't seen from the betters. Both. Two thumbs up for me. Mella. What color was yes. the chat? My color. Oh, Sage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it, black gold, money. Flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a long movie that I really liked. Even longer than Oppenheimer. Hmm. Um, Hmm. Would you look at that? I will say, really like this movie. I think Lily Gladstone is... Fuck, of course. Like, she didn't say much 
in her script, she maybe had a handful of lines, but just her on-screen presence, uh, it's just fire. I will say my only like critique of this is that I wish there was the POV from the Osage just a, just a tad bit like I don't even need a whole like second half of the film is from the perspective of them but I wish there was just a little bit more of that be because of the story it's it's their story however I do get like Martin Scorsese trying to tell that in the only way he could um so I respect that but I wish there was just a little bit of the point of view from her side I don't know if I'll be watching it again anytime soon, but <laughs> I, I do I do really enjoy it. Yeah, same. I echo kind of everything you said. Um, I think Lily Gladstone, color purple side unseen is is probably my favorite lead actress performance. She's just otherworldly. Saying good. she's in. I kind of did too for a second. I was like, <laughs> I know, wait, I'm like, wait what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Having not seen the color purple. As of this recording, and Fantasia in it, uh, I think Lily Gladstone has it. She's uh, she just is the beating heart of the film, and and I do agree with some of the conversations that are being had about the POV and the representation of the Osage in the movie. But I also think Scorsese reckons with it and deals with it in the best way that he can, and he's the best alive right now to do that and the final moments kind of solidify that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great final image. It, it doesn't go as complicated and complex as it could, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it's about a good 45 minutes longer than Oppenheimer and felt shorter. <laughs> Sorry. I, I love you say, so much. <laughs> I will say I can't really argue. I, I, Scorsese might be the master of pace. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. He's just like always been phenomenal at it. So it's, I can't really. No. Yeah. Irishman excluded. I didn't even watch that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be like this, Sam. Don't be like this. <laughs> when people invite you into their home, don't be like <laughs> it. You're not even in your home. <laughs> <laughs> Point well made, bitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nyad. Let me explain. <laughs> I'll give it a thumbs up. I have not seen. Just one thumbnail. This one I want to do is 60 hours. That's Cuba to Florida. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. That's insane. Diana, you tried that when you were 28, and you did not make it when you're 28. You're 60. I don't believe in imposed limitations. The only one who gets to decide if I'm through is me. Okay, just a little swim. Sam, you go first. Okay, I I think this is a good movie, not a great movie. I think the two performances are what elevate it, mainly Annette Benning and the makeup work. The makeup work on this movie is phenomenal. It's crazy. Um, what I think elevates this above just any kind of like standard, like competitive sports, I guess, kind of movie is they use flashbacks, I think, in a smarter way in a smart way where you see much more clear how like her her past is affecting her struggle in the present moment and she's a character who just refuses to let any emotion shine through 
And when she has a sit-down scene with Jodie Foster's character where you actually reveal what it is about her past that's causing her to struggle in the present moment, it all kind of comes together for me. So, yeah, I was moved by it. And I think um, I think it's largely due to Annette Benning. So, yeah. big thumbs up for her. Yeah, the performances are great. I, the makeup is, like, Oscar-worthy, I think. Unbelievable. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's crazy how good it is. One thing, one critique I had that Lacey agreed with is like the main character, Annette Benning's character, is insufferable to an almost hard to watch degree, which is indicative of a good performance. Um, but my main critique of it so the movie is made, co made, co produced, co written, whatever. I know she's behind it by, by the athlete herself about her journey and doing this insane 100 mile swim there have been some some flags raised about the credibility of the swim and her accounts of it and that's never addressed and and to a degree where some of the uh, post not post credit some of the like pre-credit like informational texts that you get in a lot of these biographies sort of tries to sway you that these uh, flags raised are incorrect so much so that these flags have been raised that guinness has retracted her world record because of it they're not just like i don't think that happened like legit institutions are like i don't know and it's clear that this was made by her to talk about her story and her story even if it isn't a hundred percent true even if it's 80% true. It's a fucking banana story and it's mm -hmm. still a good movie with incredible performances. But it, it it left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. If you like sports movies, if you're interested in the story at all, if you know swimming, if you know Diana Nyad's story, I'd highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. But for me, it did leave a little bit of a of an asterisk next to it. I think Mela and I have only seen this Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> haven't seen it. Yeah, thumbs down. I saw it twice. Oh, you saw it twice. <laughs> Let yeah, me I had it like three hours long. I no. had to Netflix and chill and Stop see me. it, and then I saw it with Rashawn. So. Really. It's a security gig. Hello. Welcome to Freddy's. Have you met them yet? Met who? Foxy, Bonnie, Chica, and Freddy. I, I knew nothing about it except that it had a really big following. And I, I think there are threads, flashbacks, ghostly apparitions that seem mm. like they were chopped up. Yeah. Mm. And I think and I the relationship. In the relationship, there's a romantic subplot. I don't know. I, 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 I whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. I don't know. But uh, Matthew Lillard's in it. Hey. Hell yeah! He's, how's the Hutch? He's he's good. He he carries it really well. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's. I think he's just like a solid actor. He's like one of those like put him in something. He's gonna get it done. The idea of this movie is fun, but what came out of it is silly and not. And I, I watched the fucking Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I'm, I will watch anything. <laughs> Blood but, <and> honey. 
Yeah. So so I'm like, if you wanted to go all the way that way, let me see it. But it it's like somewhere in the middle. They try to add in this like really dramatic subplot, but then we're talking about like basically Chuck E. Cheese robots. It's just it's very strange. And the the trailers and the marketing made it seem like it's gonna be kind of fun. I didn't really find that it was fun or funny. Yeah, it's just a very weird tone. Yeah, thumbs down, man. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if it was like part of maybe the cuts, but the actual plot and like the the part where you find out what's actually going on makes no fucking sense. But I bet it makes sense to the people who know. 100%. I talked to four people and they had no complaints. They have loved this game since the start. Maybe yeah, I guess maybe this was made for the fans. For sure. Not not for me. He's the the creator of the game has said has said as much. This is for the fans. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, go for yeah. them. The holdovers. Oh, all the thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh, I haven't seen yet. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. It's um, in Argentina. It's just so warm and good and wholesome. Wholesome. It's I, I like like holiday movie. Yes, mm. very much. I I like Alexander Payne when he's a little more sharp. When he's not writing. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, and <laughs> I did not say that. Um. <laughs> And this is this is kind of the antithesis of or the aftermath of the rougher edges of some of his other movies. You know, I think Election and Nebraska had just like a little bit more edge to it. And this is very much a, a warm hug. I, I think the main trio are just fantastic. I'm so happy to see Divine Joy Rand- Randolph get the love she deserves because yeah. she's incredible. Ever since Dolomite is my name, I think she's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, she's coming for that Oscar. It's going to be a rough category that one. <laughs> the Oscar party is going to be supporting crazy. Supporting. supporting actress, yeah. Supporting. This is this is my favorite movie of the year so far. Oh wow! Yes, because of those trio of characters, it's just like a bunch of misfits, which makes sense. Like they're being you know held over over the Christmas season. But just the idea of, you know, it's not a, a new thing to put a bunch of misfits together and they talk about their past and they reveal themselves. But the way it's done in this movie is just so sweet. You're rooting for everybody, even when they're being assholes, total jerks. But you kind of love that, too, because you see where it's coming from. And it's uh, just like with all the snow and the yeah. setting of it, it all just it all just works. This movie just works. Yeah. Agreed. Keeping with the holiday theme, I saw It's a Wonderful Knife. Go ahead. I don't even think I've heard of this. We have not seen this. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Last Christmas still haunts me. Time to let that go. No one cares. 
Everyone would be better off if I was never born. Did you see that? Did the power go up? Oh my god. I stood under the Aurora and said everyone would be better off if I never existed. Well, wish granted. The angel strikes every couple of weeks. How can that be? Do I know you? It's Winnie. You know that. Okay. This her? Hi. This is a movie written by Michael Kennedy. He also wrote uh, Freaky, uh, but he's a queer writer and a horror producer. And this is a riff on It's a Wonderful Life if it was a slasher movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bold. Bold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. To say That's the least. Choice. I love supporting horror films. So... Watch it, and it should be. It's a Shutter production, so it should be coming there to that platform pretty soon. And it's perfect for the holiday season. So I hope a lot of people get their eyeballs on it because it it needs that. Love yeah. that. <laughs> I think this one's gonna make me mad, so I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, let me explain. Oh, <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up. Haven't seen. Sam. I, Sam. I, I lean towards a thumbs up. Again, I think it's a good movie. It is not a great movie. My only problem with it is, I mean, so Sophia Coppola just doing her thing of making totally. the sleepiest movies there ever were. And I don't mean that it's boring. This movie just like, it just kind of slogs along and and you stay with it, you know? But what I think is was most upsetting to me is, I thought we were going to get a version of Priscilla Presley from her point of view, which we kind of do, but we still get her through the lens of how Elvis treats her. And I feel like we don't really get the fully dimensional Priscilla that this movie thinks it's giving to you. So I, I felt a little cheated by what was presented, I guess. But that being said, I think she's incredibly talented and she is so beautiful <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah Kaylee Spaney yeah mm-hmm. I think you had a really good letterbox review exactly oh thank you how I felt <laughs> I, I agree I'm a thumbs up but I still agree with everything you said if you've never seen a Sofia Coppola movie and you go into this movie you're gonna be like what's happening because it's a lot I told her Sean the shots are for the girlies it's just what it is but yeah it's sleepy it's slow I do agree with, I thought there was going to be a, yeah, a different type of like point of view, but I also don't know that much about Priscilla Presley. So even though I expected a little bit of a different point of view, I don't know what that expectation was. I do feel like the way like the camera lingers on her a lot more than Elvis and the fact that they cast Jacob Alerty, who in my opinion, looks nothing like Elvis. He looks damn good. (laughs) He does a great impression, but he looks nothing like Elvis. I think it was really intentional because the focus is not on him for once. The style, give me that style a hundred times. I will be there. It's set in the 50s. It's like a mellow made movie. Um, of course, it's a thumbs up for me. Rashani? I think I'm in the middle of you guys. I mean, you kind of agreed with everything Sam said, so I don't know. I think one of the one of its strengths is that it captured that feeling of 
my husband is one of the most famous people on the planet and I'm here at home on the couch. Mm-hmm. And what do I do with that? Only to slightly disagree with your point, Sam, I think the movie does give us the POV of Priscilla. I, I've not, I haven't read the book that she wrote that this is based on, but I, I think a lot of her life was defined by who she was married to. And that's kind of the tragedy of the movie. And I like that it, it focused in on that. It wasn't a life to death. It was it was this very mm-hmm. specific time in her life where she she was Mrs. Elvis Presley. So I, I thought it I thought it did that phenomenally well. Dagmar Dominchik is in it and she's <laughs> not the star and that's fine. <laughs> but I need somebody to put her in a movie and make her the star ASAP. So yeah, I'm 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 a fan. Yeah, I think like all the choices that Sofia Coppola made were really, really good. Like, I also don't think Jacob Elordi looks anything like Elvis. But what I love about his casting is that he's like seven feet tall and Kaylee Spaney is like literally five one. Mm-hmm. So you're already getting that drastic difference between the two where she is just this little doll he acquired and just wanted to look at and dress up when he wanted to and then leave and put away when he also chose to. So the casting of those two, I think, really works well. Right. And I think the movie does something great because Sofia Coppola is so talented. It doesn't have any judgment about their relationship. It just presents it as it is. This is a really, this is a really tragic truth in her life. And it was a really awful reality during that time period. I mean, she's basically like plucked out of a, a diner. At the beginning of the movie, she's groomed. Yeah, she's like 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The movie doesn't need a character like wagging their finger at that in order to make a point. And I I think that's really complex and mature filmmaking because we all, we know it. You know, anybody with a social media account cannot wait to tell you how old she was when they met. Like we, we get that (laughs) point. What is it? mean to her and to him and i think that's what this movie does so well yeah because it's it's sad how it happened but she also she's still alive and she has some autonomy in making this movie so yep the killer i have not seen same sam I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Whoa. Yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> Is this the one you were talking about? I almost unfollowed your ass on Letterboxd. <laughs> this is what it takes. My process is purely logistical. If I'm effective, it's because of one simple fact. I... Uh, oh, I'm so happy you brought this up because I've been wanting to talk to you about this movie. Talk your talk. And, uh, okay. In this, uh, you know what? Okay, a lot of my thoughts about The Killer are very similar to my thoughts on Oppenheimer. This in no way feels like a David Fincher movie. In the worst ways, this movie has just like zero characterization. This movie had zero tension. This movie has like no relationships that are developed there's there's slim to no arc in it this movie just was bad top to bottom 
top to bottom. Bad? Bad. I, I this movie was bad. Badly bad it feels badly like, made or okay. <laughs> it because you have no ground to stand on with that if you didn't it, like it great but okay. bad i think the way it's uh, no i stand by that i think it felt like a cheap movie this movie felt like it was produced by netflix for a thousand dollars they slapped david fincher's name on it and said let's hope people play this that is garbage sam Damn. <laughs> i didn't even see so it and i'm offended garbage it has some of the best sound design of the entire year. Well, maybe I couldn't appreciate that because I just watched it in my room. I don't know. You should have <laughs> took know. your ass to a theater and saw it. Because <laughs> I did miss it in the theater. I did, yes. What? The cinematography is incredible. I don't you... think it's anything spectacular. I, I I think it is about someone who is not very spectacular. I, I, I do think it takes something heightened like an, an assassin and makes it like an everyday job. And it has something to say about gig work and the gig economy. And he's he's getting things off of Amazon and he's going to Equinox and he's trailing people in a cab and a taxi. And I think it makes this very, I don't know if it's a real job or not, but it makes this otherworldly movie job look like an everyday piece of work. But I think the movie making on display is like phenomenal. <laughs> I'll fucking drive up to the valley I, right okay. now. And okay, maybe okay. I I think yes, fine. It, I mean, it's it's shot fine. It's put together fine. But okay, the the voiceover didn't bother you at least a little bit. The voiceover, and, and I don't want to spoil it, but the the voiceover is in direct competition with the actual movie because everything that he's saying is ironically not true he's saying don't have any empathy but the whole movie is him on a mission of revenge you know like he's Mm -hmm. he's saying to plan everything he's saying not to improvise and he does that and that's why the hit goes wrong in the, the opening scene of the movie like he's he's trying to tell us how to be really good at his job when he is anything but and i think that tension between what he's saying and what he's actually doing is kind of the thesis of the movie. I see what you're saying, but I also don't agree with what you said where he's not good at his job. I feel like, isn't he, he is painted to be the number one assassin, the go-to guy. So for me, when he does mess up, mm-hmm. that's kind of where the interesting part happens. Like, okay, let's see where this, this award-winning assassin now has <laughs> to figure out what to do because he messed up for the first time. I was with you until that. But, but the, then it but the spirals movie, into... Don't go any further, because I want to watch it still. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this separately. Because <laughs> I, I think the movie unravels because you realize he's not very good at his job. He's, he's not unattached. He has family. You know, if he was that great, the movie wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, he trips up at every point because he's not this laser-focused, workman-like knife. I also think the movie's fucking hilarious. Like, like that most David Fincher movies. That was my other problem. <laughs> oh. The, the tone of this movie is all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God, Sam. It's like Whiplash. It's in, it's, it's, it it is like Whiplash. One of the best on movies any... of the decade. <laughs> oh, no. A lowercase W Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> In okay, we're gonna have to play Voodoo Mama. <laughs> no, <laughs> how do you get? To- <laughs>
You know, I'm gonna do it. But how did you get there? <laughs> I oh my god. Okay, we're gonna have to. We might have to do an episode on the killer because I, I it's it's probably top top Fincher for me. Not out the of top. all his movies. Not the top, but it's one of it's one of his best. I think so. It has so much to say about who he is as a filmmaker, how how precise he is, and how people view him. I I, I think it's great. It, I I think he is. I'm gonna stop the Fincher monologue, but I think he is one of those filmmakers that takes everyday stories or like a trashy airport novel and turns them on their head and says so much with so little. Nobody else would touch Gone Girl, but he takes it and he makes it this really hilarious, dark comedy about the traps of suburban merit. He does that so well. And I think this I will have to say, I have to step in. The implication that Gone Girl is a trashy airport novel would have made Lacey blow out her microphone. Well, she's so, wrong, and that's okay, and I love well, her. And, but also, like, that commentary in Suburban Marriage is here. in the book. Like, <laughs> David Fincher didn't create that for the movie. Out, dude. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying tra- Gone Girl is not a good book, Lacey. I love you. <laughs> but it is viewed as pulp, and, and that's something that prestigious filmmakers would be like, oh, I'm not adapting that. So much so that people did it later with Girl on the Train or Dark Places, and it didn't work. Because David Fincher took it and made it gold. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Not that Gone, Gone Girl is a great book, but it is a pull it off the shelf at an airport. I just i i had to i had to be true to my promise that I would represent. You had to get me episode. in trouble. That's what you had to do. <laughs> Both things can be true. <laughs> Listen, I re- I respect your opinion on the movie. I love that you champion this as one of David Fincher's best. I, just, I can't agree with you. I think <laughs> it, it just didn't even feel like it was directed by him. This felt like an amateur filmmaker's first movie. Mm. I, love, I can't wait to see it. I love I that know. you champion this as his best, has huge. I just love that you wear anything. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I would never wear that, but it looks great on you. It looks good on That's... you. You you try to pull it off. You take so many Only chances you. with your wardrobe. That's crazy. I just can't imagine anybody else putting this in Fincher's like top three or top five. But you do, and I'm happy for you. Jesus oh, fuck all. Nice, dude. <laughs> like top half of his filmography for sure. <laughs> for sure. And this year's stupid fall for watching it on Netflix. That, you, you know what? Not. Maybe maybe that's a problem. But I am also a firm believer that a movie should be equally good in the theater as it is sitting at home. This is true. I agree with that. I also think you should see movies on the biggest screen possible. <laughs> okay, I'm going to step back and let other people have a talk about this movie. Spoiler free, please. Saltburn. <laughs> Here we go. YouTube. Thumbs down. I have not seen. <laughs> Two thumbs up, baby. Ah! <laughs> we were kind of briefly chatting about uh-huh. this earlier. Um <laughs> 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 Listen, I will say this movie it takes risks. It definitely does. Do they all pay off? I don't think so. Right. I I know this and I think if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that my taste in movies might be a little questionable and I feel like this this movie Saltburn solidifies that point. I I agree like it takes a lot of risk and I love a filmmaker, a writer, whatever it may be that 
writes whatever the fuck they want and just does it. And it's enough to make, I saw it at a screening. Did you see it at a screening as well? No, I just caught it in theaters last night. Okay. Yeah, I saw it at a screening. So I definitely want to see it again because the sound was kind of off. And if you've been to a screening before, there's people talking and munching and coming in and out. So you're kind of distracted. But there was a lot of things that were that the audience were were was laughing at that I was like I don't think that's supposed to be funny and vice versa um so I definitely want to check it out again I think this is just a cool fucking movie I think the performances are all amazing it's very well cast it's kind of like a fever dream in some aspects there's a scene I'll just say like the the red dinner at the end, I think is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And that's one of those scenes that I was talking about, like the whole audience was like roaring with laughter. And I was looking around like, is this supposed to be funny? Because I'm not laughing. I told Rashawn as soon as I left the theater, I cannot wait to sit next to you and watch this again. Because <laughs> we have very different opinions. I also went with um, a friend of ours, Bria, that listens to the pod. Hey, Bria. And I think her and Rashawn have very similar tastes. And I was like, I turned to her and I said, I think Rashawn's going to hate this. And she's like, yeah, I hated it too. So I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very interested to to get other opinions about it. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear what you think about it, Rashawn, as well. And you I can't too, wait. Josh. I'll I can't be wait curious. to see it. This one to me is another example where it just feels like two movies. Like there's a... a split a turn that happens about halfway through and once it went in that direction i kind of just stopped caring because it mm, just it went a little too heightened and stylized for me it, it left reality completely that's kind of what promising young woman felt like yes yeah. which is my main problem with that movie too and which is where i'm just starting to think that i just don't know if i agree with with emerald um fennel's like aesthetic in film choices and that's fine not every movie needs to be for me the killer yeah we were done. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I will say halfway through this movie, or not even like, I think in that that turn, Sam, I was like, I just love that a woman wrote this because it <laughs> yeah. it has that, you know, that raunchiness to it that you always get from a man and then, you know, whatever, right? And I was like, I'm a raunchy woman. And if I was a writer, this is what I would fucking write. So I just felt kind of like, Fuck yeah, bitch. Do your thing. Whatever yeah. you want to write, just write it. I'll be here. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of images on the movie <laughs> screen. And this moved me, this this made me blush. Like, I was a little oh. like, I don't think I should watch this. Yeah, don't watch it with your mama. <laughs> Do not. Oh, wow. But I agree. I think the performances in it are incredible. Top to bottom. Rosamund Pike is my favorite of them all in the movie. And she is hilarious in the yeah. first half of it and i think you're right carmela where like the first half it's you're laughing with the movie because it's setting up something and then when it does kind of turn about midway through what would have been played for laughs in the first half suddenly becomes very uncomfortable yeah. and i think audiences don't really know how to yeah. react to that totally so like naturally i mean i'm one of those that uncomfortable goes to laughter mm -hmm. but they were like cackling I was like, uh, like I don't know. I don't. <laughs> what are we laughing at, guys? <laughs> okay, last one for the fall movie season. I think this is probably the 
highest profile. I don't know about the biggest movie of the season, but let's talk about the Marvels. Won't be seeing it, probably. Yeah, Fair. I probably won't be seeing it either. Big What's thumbs up, Josh. Up, oh, let me explain. <laughs> She's entangled our light-based powers, so we switch places whenever we use them. Strong theory. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala. Who's Kamala? Hi. She can turn light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I could totally show you. No! Look, I'll say this for the two of you that say you won't see it. If there was ever one to see post-Endgame, it would be this one. It's the shortest one. Wow. Mel, Mel's Marvel movie big thing is length. It's the shortest yeah. one, and it's the shortest I'm, one. I know Mela. No, she should not see this one. You don't think so? No. You think she'd have fun? <laughs> Show her that, the, what you're thinking about. Show her that. That's true. The rest of the movie is superhero mumbo-jumbo, and she's out. This, yeah. So, Nia DaCosta is an admitted, like, big old nerd. She puts her foot on that pedal unashamedly and it works for me because i am too especially about marvel stuff it has got a lot of comic lingo mm. mumbo jumbo that these three leads had had their mouths full with a lot of made-up words and i mm. think they destroyed i haven't had this much fun in a marvel movie since like i don't know the original ant-man damn i uh, marvel movies have become a little self-serious they become a little much they become a little too dependent on connecting everything and anything Yes, it's true. This is after a TV show and after a movie, but I had only seen one. I'd only seen Captain Marvel. I had never even finished Miss Marvel or Secret Invasion or any of the other surrounding products. I had so much fucking fun at this movie, and it might have been the environment. I was in a really good theater. Our friends Thomas and Lyndon were with me. Everyone was. It was like a good energy in the theater. So, like, undeniably, that helps when you're going to see a movie. But I had so much fun. My favorite needle drop of the year. And Iman Vellani is a star, I think. Steals the movie. She's so charismatic, both on in, in character, and and I'm excited to see what she does on press tours now that she can finally do them because she's fun to watch in interviews. So I had so much fun at this movie. I don't disagree with anything you said, I think. I don't think so. You just don't <laughs> agree as hard. I don't agree as hard. I, I think... Some of it is is not even in a negative light. Some of it's because of how much you love the MCU. Yeah, and I don't sure. I don't fault you for that at all. I'm hanging on by a thread, and I I think I said two years ago I was done, and I'm I'm still seeing them. <laughs> so I don't know. I, you're I think, a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> well, because you're gonna watch a movie. Whether it's... if there's one thing Rashawn's gonna do. It's watch a movie, bitch. <laughs> like, that's it. That is very true. And I, I I do agree that it's really, really, really fun. I think it the mumbo jumbo is... I don't even know if it's intelligible. It's just... Not only do you have to have seen Mrs. Marvel, Miss Marvel, but you had to have seen WandaVision, maybe Secret Invasion, the first Captain Marvel. And See? even then, they flashback everything. And it just feels so safe and somehow also overstuffed the only have to i would say is for sure captain marvel and 
knowledge of Miss the events of Miss Marvel, probably if you don't have those, you'd be lost as hell. But the rest, I think, are gravy. You know, you can find a three-minute YouTube video summarizing Miss Marvel. <laughs> There's a pretty big, like, emotional thread through this yeah. that you need to have seen WandaVision, I think. I guess, yeah, for... I am unaware of Miss Marvel. <laughs> I know. I was like, what's Miss Marvel? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know what this <laughs> it's is. Like a little, it? little baby doll. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly. is this? Uh, no, I think, I think the main emotional pull is from Captain Marvel. Yeah, but the fallout from that. I suppose, yeah. Plays out in, in WandaVision, I think. I suppose, yeah. That, it helps. Which is, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of heavy lifting, and I think having Brie, Tiana, and Iman is is a superpower in and of itself because yeah. they're great when they're together and that one action sequence when they are trying to figure out what's happening with the three of them intertwining okay. is is great 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 i but, need, um i need to see nia Takasa do more action movies i need to see her do like an original action movie i just i, I would love to see her do an original i don't know to, listening to her talk on this press tour she loves sci-fi she loves that kind of thing so i'd love to see her do an original pulpy weird action-filled sci-fi movie or just something as beautiful and contained as little woods which is really really good and she brings back well i don't know if it's her or kevin feige but she reunites with uh tessa thompson which is awesome so mm-hmm. I, I don't know um but spoiler alert, I'm about to be a hypocrite. Can we talk about the post credits? <laughs> yeah, for real, for real, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, fast forward two minutes. Fuck everything I just said. The X-Men are here. <laughs> I, I, That's right. I hate, 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 hate Strong, but I, 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 Beast is one of those characters that practical is just like superior always. CGI Beast, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, was he CGI'd furry? in this? It's Kelsey Grammer, yeah. It's Kelsey Grammer. CGI. Uh, why? <laughs> he was the first beast. He was the first one. Before, think... before Nicholas Holt. I don't think they're going to commit to... I know they've already used Patrick Stewart. Now they've used Kelsey Grammer. I don't think they're going to fully commit to that. I think it's going to be a mishmash and some original and whatever. Oh, no. We're getting a full Kelsey Grammer beast origin story movie. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. think they're going to commit to that full <laughs> cast. But right now until they decide they're plucking and choosing who they think everybody's favorites are i'd be interested to know how if, did they end up on beast i will i'd be interested to know if if kelsey was the first choice or if they try to go nicholas holt first hmm. maybe I Beast makes sense because of his his brains yeah he's smart yeah the binary reveal went hard as fuck oh i don't really know about that so i don't really care but but the implications of everything that they could. I'm still a little side eye because they promised me Charlize like three years ago, and they did. You got her. What She's the there. Fuck? Where's Harry Styles at? Oh Where's yeah. Oswald? Right. Where yeah. are all these people at? Do you know Where are they Styles? at? Do you know Harry Styles' character is Thanos's brother? Yeah. Where's that at? His character but... is really problematic. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Yeah, it's okay. He's hot. That's the point. That's what makes this. But point. I saw, but I saw the expansion and I saw the doors, so I'm, I'm in. I'm still in. Yeah. Before up? we wrap up, though, I feel like please. Um, there's there's two movies that I think y'all should see if you haven't yet: mm-hmm. Anatomy of the Fall and Past Lives. Oh, we can talk about Past Lives. Mm-hmm. Who's all seen it? I've seen it. Oh, okay, okay, yay! Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs hella thumbs up. Yeah. Yes, I think this is like low key one of the best movies of the year. Yes, across the board. It's getting drowned out in the 
Oppenheimer, Killers, mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon, Best Picture Race, whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I think Past Lives is incredible. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you agree with that. Everyone needs to see Anatomy of a Fall too. She, uh, Sandra Huller is my front runner for Best Actress right now. She is absolutely phenomenal in that movie. Also have tickets for that next week. Yes. Ooh. I do have to relay one message from Lacey. It's not a movie. It is a, a miniseries that came out on Max. Um, but she said if we're talking about things we watched during the strike and hasn't been able to talk about Frank Elda and the Prince of Spooks on Max. Uh, she says it's for lovers of Guillermo del Toro and stop motion. And it's the favorite, her favorite thing she's watched this year. Oh, hell yeah. mm-hmm. The only thing I wanted to say is we, we very much skimmed over Barbie. And did, yeah. I just want to know how you guys feel about Ryan Gosling winning an Oscar for playing Ken. Cause it's going to happen. I'm, I would love that actually. I loved it when Melissa McCarthy got nominated. I think comedy is just as hard, if not in some cases harder than drama. And it needs to be rewarded accordingly. I agree. He gave Ken so much depth. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow. Um, I... Rashawn hates it. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I, he I, like, it. I like the nomination. I, I think it's really inspired and fun. And I, I do think he was fun in the movie. And I would love to see Barbie just be slotted into the whole awards race. I don't know if he's my favorite. I'll say that. I'm into it. I'm so into it. I think it's think... going to happen. Yeah, I, it's deserving, of course. I also think there, in the past few years, the Oscars have become very, like, only for movie people. Mm. Nobody really watches the Oscars. And I think by him, whether he wins or not, but him just being in the category, it's going to bring back people to watch the Oscars because they mm. want to see what's going to happen. I think Ryan Gosling obviously is like a household name at this point. So it's like easy for people that don't normally watch the Oscars to be like, what's going to happen? You know, mm-hmm. um, everyone at this point has seen Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a Barbenheimer face off best picture aside, but like in the two, in the supporting actor category, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably be there too. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. And Ryan Gosling, I think are kind of the front runners for supporting actor. And I just love that one is for Barbie and one is for Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a fun matchup. And right. to, yeah. to circle back to the beginning of the episode as we're wrapping up, I think one, this proves that no matter how hard studios can try to come up with something and force people to go to theater, one, audiences are going to go to what they want to see, period. And it's going to make money. And two, nothing beats word of mouth. You could put a million, billion, trillion dollars behind an ad campaign nothing beats word of mouth mm. so if shit's good it's good but two i am so dreading the future attempts at replicating barbenheimer yeah studios releasing two movies at the same time tr- they're already doing it with like paw patrol they tried to do it with saw patrol was kind of funny paw patrol and saw, <laughs> but that was clearly a joke but like yeah it's, it's definitely going to happen in the future and i'm dreading it yeah both like i'm dreading it because they it's gonna be like produced yeah but when it was actually happening it was so fun it was so fun because it was it was was fun because it happened organically and everyone was participating and everyone was having a good time but like if you force that shit it's gonna kill it immediately yeah there was like nothing more fun this summer than like what are we gonna wear to barbie what type of pink and then what do we wear to oppenheimer it's like what type of brown right like what so it was just (laughs) a fun good time back at the movies that you can't replicate just let it happen guys nothing nothing will ever beat 
natural momentum for movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. On that Oscar kick, before we get there, these are all things that we've seen. Just give me one movie for the end of the year that you're most anticipating. I really want to see The Holdovers. We haven't seen it yet. And based on not only y'all's, but everyone's review of it. And it's it's finally starting to get a little chiller out. So I'm excited to see a sort of winter-based movie. And I'm, I'm really excited to see The Holdovers. Yeah, I think you guys are going to love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really do. For me, it's the Emma Stone movie coming out, Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Poor Things. Yes. I am ready to dive back into the world of Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks creepy and weird and funny and beautiful. And yeah, I'm just very excited about that movie. Um, mine's made December. Ooh. I mean, it. I love both of those leads. Like, holy shit. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to say All of the Strangers. <gasps> it's on my list too. Very, very, very excited. I thought it wasn't coming out until the spring. Quit it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask some gut check. No guts, no glory predictions. We're going we're gonna to have you back for the Oscars in a couple months. But for now, gut check, what's winning Best Picture? Holdovers. What's winning Best Director? Greta Gerwig. Whoa! Best Actress. Actress, for me, I I think it'll be Sandra Holler in Anatomy of a Fall. Wait, are we, is that are, who you want or what you think? Is this, yeah, are we, Sam, are we gut checking your opinion or what no, you okay, think that I'm, Academy? That is where my gut check and my personal choice line up right now. What are the just other because, Only because there's other movies that I just haven't seen yet. Like, I think Emma Stone could very well jump to the head of the pack once that movie is mm. released. What about Gladstone? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that, but I've also heard she might campaign for supporting. So I don't know what category she's going in yet. She's going lead. Oh, is she? Yeah, she switched. It's kind of like Michelle Williams last year. Good yeah. for her then. Uh, actor. This one's hard for me right now. I mean, I guess the lead. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, Killian Murphy's probably at the top of the pack right now. I don't think it's going to happen either. Supporting actor. Ryan Gosling. Supporting actress. Divine. Ooh, nice. And what is one Oscar nomination that you haven't mentioned yet that you would love to see? One that I haven't mentioned that I would love to see is from Past Lives, the leading actor in a Tao I think he oh. was fantastic. He was really yes. good. And so <laughs> sweet. He's, I think yeah, he's one of my favorites. But yeah, I agree. That's possible too, but I, I just feel like... He, even more than her his is a story we follow mm-hmm. kind of on equal footing with her so yeah. i don't know to me he's a lead in the movie they're both equally important in the film i agree not for yeah, nothing but... too the best animated showdown is gonna come down to two non-disney films and i think that's fucking rad that is cool i think it's gonna come down to turtles and spider-verse and spider-verse will probably take it mm. but I don't know. It's no disrespect to Disney animated, especially if you like it, but it's cool that they're not always, they just, it's not an automatic Disney award every year. Yeah. You know? Sam, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for having me. Nobody can fill Lisa's shoes, but nobody can <laughs> fill Sam's close. either. <laughs> we love having you. We'll see you back for Oscar season, hopefully. I can't wait. Great. Thank you all so much. This is it for our fall movie catch up. Find us on the socials at Cinephile Attack. 
leave us those reviews on Apple Podcast. If you like this or other episodes, find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your shows. Email us at winscinephilesattack at gmail.com for any other suggestions, love, hate, indifference. We'll take it all. But for now, from Rashawn, Mella, Josh, and Sam. Ooh. Why, why are you going scary? I don't know. Stay, I just felt like it. Stay tuned next, like stay tuned next week for our fall movie mustard. <laughs> what? Oh. Damn it. God damn it. God, God. get out of the chat. <laughs> we quit fooling around in there. Thank you so much. We will see you at the movies. Bye.